0: Hey everybody, welcome to the You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We are a couple of missionaries at Acts 29 and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, it is Holy Week. It's unbelievable, isn't it?
1: It's the great week and I can't believe it went by as quickly as it did. Maybe it's just me, but it seems like we just started Lent. I'm still trying to Press into God's grace to have a fruitful Lent, and I'm thinking it's Holy Week. I don't yeah. have many days left. Yeah, and right?
0: I, I've I've entered into this week with a I, I pray that the Lord has just given me a grace to milk everything mm. I can out of each and every one of these days, so that I can I can just learn all that He wants to teach.
1: Yeah, there is there is rich fare coming our way. Indeed, there in is in the days to come, and
0: that is uh, kind of what we're heading to. What's our topic? So our our, our topic today is the ultimate superfood. Speaking of rich fare, so let's pray in the name of the Father, Father and, and the Son, of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you for these extraordinary days that we're in. This time that we have to pause and linger with, and reflect on, and celebrate our rescue from the powers of sin and death, from the power of hell, the enemy, to turn our attention to you, to your Son, and all that he's accomplished for us in his passion, death, and resurrection. Lord, may these days be drenched with your Holy Spirit. May Our Lady walk with us and teach us what her Son and yours has done on our behalf. May we be open to new things, new insights, new perspectives. Forgive us for all the times that we have taken for granted Jesus's passion. that We've forgotten the difference that it makes. Just bless our conversation right now that it would be edifying and inspiring and encouraging and hopeful. We ask it all in Jesus's name. Amen. Amen.
1: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So... So here we are, Father John, in in, in Holy Week, and, and there's so much to think and pray about. And, and, and perhaps especially, though, given the fact that uh, our country, in the church, is in the middle of, of, of the Eucharistic revival, um, that it's worthwhile dedicating maybe our attention today what we're going to celebrate on Holy Thursday. And so in light of that, I would love to ask you if you would mind taking us back to last Tuesday's reading, and I think it was from Numbers 21. Could you break that open again for our friends today?
0: Yeah, maybe this is a way to begin. I love that. Uh, Thanks, because I've always found this passage to be uh, very provocative, and it's almost like every time I've read this and prayed with it, I, I sense... God's quote-unquote emotions
1: mm.
0: like that's what that's how I always mm. feel when I read this so numbers 21 is I'm sure everybody has it off the top of their head right
1: <laughs> oh of course like, numbers I don't even need to <laughs> refer
0: anybody to that like oh yeah numbers 21 49 <laughs> got that one down so um the Israelites are on their way into the promised land they are not yet there They're complaining, lest we like go stupid Israelites. This is what we do, right? We complain against God all the time. Um, But it says in a particular way, um, with their patience worn out by the journey. So let's just stop there. Anybody convicted?
1: Mm.
0: Because gosh, I am. (laughs) You know, like, what are you doing, Lord? When's it going to get better? What's going on? You know, so how spirit often, of
1: weariness? Yeah, right? I, I don't yeah. pray for
0: patience. I don't know about you, but I, I deal because the way it's God a scary answers thing to pray. Teaches you That's by exactly giving you right. situations exactly where you learn right. patience. That's so it's a like, dangerous yeah, prayer. I don't even pray for that one. So their patience is worn out by the journey. The people complain against God and Moses, and this is what they say. Now, <laughs> now picture this. Let's change the scenario immediately. So imagine, imagine this is a set of people who were in a concentration camp who have been liberated from a concentration camp from all the horrors that take place there, but they're not yet into their new home. Imagine how silly and like asinine it would be for them to go, why did you ever get us out of that camp? Uh, are you serious? (laughs) And yet that's what they say. Why have you brought us up from Egypt, that place of slavery, to die in this desert where there is no food or water. So in other words, like the complaint is something like, you don't know what you're doing, mm. which again is really convicting because how many of us say things like that to God? Maybe not in that many words, but we think That's that, our implication, right? right? Or or they're saying you're weak because we're not there yet. And And I'm afraid, again, many of us oftentimes think that way about God. Like he seems to be... Overcome by what's going on in the world; otherwise, things wouldn't be as messed up as they are, right? But then, here comes the key. They go on to say, "This we are disgusted with this wretched food," which you could translate more literally. It might be something like, um, "We are uh, we we find this food loathsome." Mm. Um, we abhor it. We detest it. Um, it's worthless, miserable, and despicable. Now, let me just pause real quick. One of the things that's always going on in the Old Testament as th- this is the the Jewish people looking back at those who experienced the rescue from slavery in Egypt. God inspires them and convicts them oftentimes by saying, they forgot. They forgot what I did. They forgot what they were, what I brought them out of, and how I did it with a mighty arm, with outstretched arm, you know, defeating Pharaoh, splitting the Red Sea, miraculously providing for them. They forgot. Let's think about us in the church because you and I were having a conversation about this earlier today, the challenge for most Catholics and most Christians isn't so much we forgot. We, the, we, the, the, the challenge is we never experienced it to begin with. Like we, like we learned it almost like a subject, but we don't know the one who's rescued us, and we don't know what he's rescued us from, do we?
1: You know, I, I think you and I could talk about this for like just like the next hour and a half, because there's so much there. You know, we were talking before we started to record about the dwindling numbers in parishes and those who have simply chosen not to come back to church for one reason or another. And in essence, we're walking away from this supernatural food. We're walking away from the Eucharist. But in my mind, I can walk away from the Eucharist if I don't know who he is. And so I was talking to you earlier about, you know, when we've encountered him, it changes everything. Now I've encountered him. I've given my life to him. And all of a sudden, a lot in my life starts to be reoriented mm. and right ordered. And And we've heard from uh, scores of people over years in ministry, you have in the way that you've heard it and I have as well, that once I've met the Lord and I've given my life to him, I've experienced rescue. I've encountered the rescuer like all of a sudden the mass starts to make sense. Mm. And I think that's why we can have this attitude and cast off the Eucharist, or uh, that's the need for the Eucharistic revival. But with as much as we're going to see what God's going to do in this Eucharistic revival, I think uh, first and foremost, we need to to have encountered the rescuer for the Eucharist to make any sense at all. To your point, we haven't forgotten. We just haven't. We just haven't encountered him.
0: And and so the exhortation for all of us in Holy Week is, Lord, help me to understand what's going on. I was just preaching uh, end of last week saying, I I was in the back of the chapel one day, just absolutely overwhelmed with gratitude over the fact that I'm a priest of almost 27 years now. I've I've been doing this. I've been like studying, reading, preaching, talking full-time for the better part of 30-some years now, on Jesus, on the gospel, on what the Lord has done for us. And I'm only beginning to understand mm-hmm. all of this. And I was just like in awe of God's transformation in my own life over the last three, four years. And, and I said that, you know, to all of us that were in the chapel, just to say like, that's me. And like, not like that's a big deal about who I am, but what I, my point was, this is what I do. And I'm just learning. You know and I want to I want to learn more and more and I, I like my approach to Holy Week is Lord there's so much more for me to learn. It's not just going deeper in what I know, although that's true. It's also there's a lot of new things to learn. So the exhortation for all of us is Lord I want to encounter you either for the first time this week or in new ways this week. Now, let me jump because you you mentioned the Eucharist, we hadn't even gotten there. This whole image in numbers 21. This food that the Israelites are complaining about. That's the manna. Now, this is a this is amazing, right? So, what is manna? Manna is miraculous, miraculous food. food. It's the bread of the angels. It's it's supernatural food. It's not ordinary food. This is one of the ways, by the way, that you know that the Eucharist can't just be bread. Because if the manna is miraculous food and the manna is a type of the Eucharist, then the Eucharist has to be even more than miraculous food because nothing in the Old Testament is greater than something in the New, right? So the the Israelites are complaining about this miraculous provision which God has given. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, every time I read this reading, the Lord allows me, I don't know how to describe this other than to like experience his heart and his sadness, because the complaint against the manna is, is our complaint against the Eucharist. How many times have we heard people say, or we've said ourselves, you know, I don't really get anything out of mass. Wait a minute. Let's just pause. Maybe, maybe the preaching was terrible. Maybe the music was horrific. Maybe the community was dull and and unfeeling. And, and everybody's entitled to, like, great preaching and great worship and a warm community. But God just gave you himself. And my response was, I didn't get anything out of that. Which, if we put it into the language of the Israelites in the first reading, is we're disgusted with this wretched food. It's not enough for me. I want more. Mm-hmm. And and the Lord wants us to, I think, to experience his sadness and then to ask him to help us to understand what is it that he's giving to us when we come to Mass, right? Does that make mm-hmm. sense?
1: So there's a lot of thought uh, to follow up on there, Uh I'll say a couple things, you know, you you were saying that, you know, over the last four years, like you're just learning so much about what's happening, right. Especially in this great week, uh, that, that, that we're in right now. And if you can say that, how much more can someone like myself say that? And I'm, I know I'm in a completely different place because of all that we've learned Mm. over the last four years. Um, uh, those things that we're reading, uh, uh, the, the movement of the Holy Spirit, just just teaching us and forming us. And I think I was saying with a set of friends late last week that to the degree that I'm able to assimilate all of this, to the degree or some of it, right, with my limited mind, it changes my interior disposition. Mm. And to the degree that my interior disposition is changed, the level of my gratitude and my understanding in, in, in this conversation around Holy Thursday, around the Eucharist in particular, is thank you. Like, like you know, gratitude is the heart of prayer. Mm. And I was just thinking like how different our worship would be, how different our praise would be, how different our prayer would be, how different all of that would be in my life if I really knew what was happening in the Eucharist, what he's given To me, what he's done on the cross, like all of it, like there is no word in our human language. There's no word in the dictionary, in the urban dictionary that even comes close to saying, thank you. But if we knew, if I really knew, and, and to your point that we all come out of this experience of, These great days that we're walking into, filled with hearts of gratitude and having experienced him in a way like we never have have been before. Yeah, and
0: there's again, like for for someone who loves, right? You you always want to know more. Um, And and so, I'll I'll just share something really quick. uh, An encounter Mm -hmm. I had with a priest friend uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's he's about my age. He's ordained roughly thirty years or so, and he he called me because he's watching the rescue project. He's leading his parish through it. And he had some questions on something. And so he says, I don't understand what you're doing when you talk about that, especially when you talk about Jesus being the aggressor in the passion. And so we walked through that, and I told him where that comes from. And, you know, though the language I might use is my own language, the imagery is very much the imagery of of, of John, John's gospel, mm-hmm. of St. Augustine, of St. Isidore of Seville, of Irenaeus, of all these great he- St. Ephraim, St. Melito of Sardis, all these great heroes of the early church and he stopped and he says, you know, I can't believe how much this is changing my life and how new I'm thinking about the passion, how new I'm approaching the singing of the exalted uh, this coming Holy Saturday. Like it's all so different for me. Now, we, I share that because we hear that all the time from priests. And what they're saying is pretty much what I've been saying, mm-hmm. like how much God's doing in me. And that should bring us all a lot of comfort. Like if, if these are the teachers... And the people who do this full time, who are encountering the Lord in a new way, then then we should all have, uh, we shouldn't feel awkward about like, wow, I didn't know that. And it's not just like a cool new factoid I learned, it, it transforms my life because what we're talking about is somebody's done something to save me from death and from slavery, like Auschwitz, like they've brought me out of something, except it was worse than Auschwitz. I just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I've been saved from. And and these are opportunities for us to enter into that. So so let me... Um,
1: so can I just say one thing about that? So first of all, I, I, that, stories like that, testimonies like that fill me with great joy. Hmm. And it makes me feel like I'm not alone, because I'm experiencing all of this anew myself. And I was thinking about the Triduum coming up, and how sometimes I can walk into these three liturgies, but which are really just one day yeah. in the church as like, like I'm walking into, I'm walking into it with somewhat of like, I know what's going on, but I'm walking into this drama. Like I feel like I'm, maybe it's like I'm walking into, maybe it's a poor analogy, but I'm walking into a Broadway play mm. with great expectancy and I'm sitting in my chair or I'm sitting in my pew And I'm going to watch what's happening. Mm. And you're going, I read the playbill before I came. And like, I think this is going to be amazing. Mm. I'm learning something about the characters. I'm learning something about the places. And I've read something of the backstory. And I'm entering into this, these great days with like a renewed expectation that I haven't had before. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) I I, I love that analogy. And I'd compliment it with, you know, the way like I've been coming into Holy Week. Like I felt like the Lord said, I want you to have this attitude as you enter into Holy Week. I want you to have the attitude of uh, imagine that some like incredible um, guest lecturer is coming into town this week to talk about your favorite thing, and you know— it's going to be so amazing because you've heard things about this, you know, professor or this expert or whatever. And every day this person's going to teach. I-, I love to learn. You know, I love to read. I love to study. And every day you just you can already anticipate like leaving the the lecture hall going like, oh, my gosh, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that. Like, seriously, like that changed my life. And the images that the Lord's given me is uh, the guest lecture is our lady.
1: I love this. And, I want and, you to say more. And
0: Mary, you know, we, we prayed last week mm-hmm. in one of the, I think it was Friday, uh, the opening prayer was, you know, that we would contemplate the passion. I forget exactly how it said, something like contemplate the passion together with Our Lady or that she would teach us how to devoutly contemplate the passion. And so I that's been my image is like class is in session this week. And Mary wants to teach us not just to like see with her eyes, by all means, yes, but she wants to break open for us um, what her son and the father's son has done for us so that we could learn more again, not so that we can get more data, but so that we can encounter him and experience rescue and liberation in a new way. And that our lives would be changed. Right. You know, I'm listening to you talk about this and I I remember you
1: breaking open that, that, that opening prayer last week and um. Yeah. To your point, it's not that our eyes are going to be open, but I want my heart. Yeah. I want our mother's heart to feel what she is feeling. Yeah. I, I. I would argue there's no better, there's no better woman, no better saint, no one to accompany us in this journey that's better than her. More yeah. More apropos. I more, keep hearing a bell
0: qu- ringing. The class in session, and our blessed mother walks yeah. in. <laughs> Ooh, there's the guest lecture. So let's let's get to the superfood because. Yep. All of this, this, this conversation about Numbers 21, this, this complaint to the Jews about the wretched food, which is the, pan, the manna, which is an image of the Eucharist, which is this miraculous food that God gives me, it led me, as I was praying with Numbers last week, I, I, this, the Spirit just took me to something that I haven't thought about in a long time. And that's, there's a word in the Our Father when Jesus teaches this prayer. Which gets translated into English as daily, which doesn't mean that. So there's a word, the Greek word is uh, "epiuzion," which is actually a word that doesn't exist. Like he makes up the word or, or Luke and Matthew make up the word based on presumably an Aramaic word, which Jesus made up which doesn't exist, like it's a non-word, until that moment. It's never anywhere before that time. This is really pretty remarkable, it's actually. Like
1: he breathes stars and he creates a new vocabulary.
0: Yeah, so so Jesus is, you know, like, so we say, you know, give us this day our daily bread, which, if you think about it, is kind of a redundant prayer. Like, why the repetitiveness mm-hmm. of this day and daily? Well, that word daily, and that epiusion, it means, like, Super substantial, super essential. That's what it means. Not so much daily. It means something like that which is necessary for existence. That's what that word means. It, in other words, this isn't just like something to get me by today. This, this is critical, it, necessary. Yeah like so like when Jesus <laughs> says like unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you have, have no, no life. life in you right? Right? right like i i literally can't live without this and and we forget it, people will immediately say well i don't go to mass or i didn't go to mass for a while and i'm alive and it's like well no you're actually you're you're not or at least you're you're not fully alive cuz this is not ordinary bread this is the lord giving himself to me that's what the Eucharist is. The Eucharist is that which is necessary for existence. And I think Pope Francis or Pope Benedict, one of them, I think it's Benedict, talks about, you know, by all means we should say the Lord's Prayer all the time. But properly understood, it's a liturgical prayer. And it's something like grace before the meal. Gosh, I love that. You know, it's like like the Lord Mm. teaching us, like when you sit down at the table this is Mm -hmm. how you should say grace and you're thinking of the Mm -hmm. eucharist like give us today our super substantial super essential necessary for existence bread the quintessential
1: ultimate super
0: yeah the super food (laughs) exactly right um and all of this is what gets instituted this coming thursday just a few days father john and 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 what always strikes me is this is the night that Jesus is going to be betrayed by one of his best friends. He's going to be handed over into the hands of people he created, who he's going to allow to torture and kill him so that he can save them. And in the middle of this, he takes time to stop and to teach us, uh, about the Eucharist, and to institute the Eucharist as a lasting memorial.
1: I don't even know how you respond to something like that. You know, here he is getting ready to embrace his passion, and he takes the time to give us the greatest gift that will be with us until the end of time. Yeah and have we even taken the time have i even taken the time to contemplate the gift to receive the gift with gratitude to make an effort every day yeah. to feed on his flesh and his blood that can transform me and you know you, you and i always open up our conversation every week you know you know that we want to talk about everything anything and everything that bring, brings transformation to the church and There is nothing, there is nothing that comes even remotely close that will bring transformation to your life and my life, to the world and to the church. Like the Eucharist and um, I think Pope Benedict, it was a set of years ago now, maybe 17, 18 years ago now when he was talking uh, to our youth at World Youth Day, he said uh, that the Eucharist brings about a fundamental transformation. He said, God no longer simply stands before us as totally other, but he enters into us. And then he seeks to spread outward to others until he fills the world so that his love can truly become the dominant measure of the world. Like pray
0: with that. That's a mic drop.
1: I, I, it, it, it's, it's just remarkable you know w- we talk about how you know our mission is to go out and get God's world back mm. like 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 the Eucharist has the capacity to go out and fill this world which you say often that he so loves yeah uh, blessed yeah. be God for the days that we're walking into and for the the years of this Eucharistic revival
0: amen even as you amen. share that quote from the Holy Father you know I uh, I'm, I'm thinking of Jesus's words we're going to hear these Thursday night again. Uh, as we read John's gospel and the the foot washing. And after the foot washing, Jesus looks at the apostles and he asks the question, do you understand what I have done for you? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the way to end right now. Mm -hmm. That's the question that Jesus asks us, maybe especially focused, as we're doing in this podcast, on the Eucharist. Do you understand what I'm giving you? And if we're honest, I think our response is, I don't think so. Like I think I kind of get it somehow. Like I know the I know the the gist of it, but I don't really get it, Lord. And maybe we can just all pray for one another that as we celebrate the institution of the Eucharist and as we prepare ourselves to enter into the Triduum and our rescue from sin and death and hell, that the Lord will help us to understand more.
1: Amen. That's a great, that's a great word.
0: What he's doing when yeah. he gives himself to us and what's supposed to happen in us as a result and then through us.
1: That's beautiful, Father John. And uh, so we just close it out too, just to um, wish all of you, praying for all of you, all of our friends uh, for a truly blessed and remarkable
0: Holy Week. Amen. This is Liberation Week. This is the day, like the people who were liberated from concentration camps never forgot that day. That's how we're supposed to approach uh, the events of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. We were once slaves. We are slaves no more because God, not an angel, God didn't send an angel, He didn't send a prophet. God Himself came, did battle against hell rescued us from the grip of the strong man bound the strong man and has put the human project back on task and because that's true do not be afraid people god who has no rival is with you and you were born for this